I uh, just want to be sure you understand, you may recognize some of those faces, but it, in case you don't, those are all children who are part of this church. That's not some video we found online and thought we'd show it to you today. <laughs> that was last Sunday. Some of your sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters and nieces and nephews and just the children of this church. What does prayer mean to you? I hope that you're asking yourself that question here as we, as we go through this series over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, I hope you have, as Joe said, this little card that should be on the end of the pew there if you don't have one. Uh, if you're sitting near those or if you're sitting on those, maybe get those out and pass those down. Uh, we'll talk about that here uh, in just a minute. When Kindle users highlight a passage in a book, in an e-book, Amazon makes note of it. And not too long ago, Amazon released a list of the most highlighted passages in some of the, the more prominent titles that you could purchase via uh, Amazon Kindle. So if you want to know the, the most highlighted passage in a classic like Pride and Prejudice, or if you want to know uh, the most highlighted passage in a more recent book like Harry Potter, the, the Hunger Games, those kinds of things, Amazon released all of that. They also released the information about the most highlighted passage in the Bible, according to Kindle readers. So you've seen folks who have those little Kindle devices and they're reading the Bible on there. What would you guess would be the most highlighted passage of Scripture, according to Kindle readers? If, if you're like me, I, I would probably, if I had to guess, if I didn't know the answer, I would probably guess uh, John 3.16. That would be a, a kind of a go-to. Or if, if not that one, maybe the 23rd Psalm. Maybe something out of Romans chapter 8. Those would be some of the ones that would come to mind immediately. Maybe some words in red would come to mind immediately. But, but none of those were the most highlighted passage in the scriptures. The most highlighted passage in the Bible is this one from the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And that is the word of God. In a world like ours, we are so worried and we are so anxious. It's no wonder that these words resonate so deeply. The most highlighted passage in the Bible today is one where God is offering this, this divine antidote to our anxieties and to our worries. According to this scripture, it's as if prayer, God is saying to us, prayer is this bridge between our anxiety and and our worries prayer is the bridge from that place to this transcendent peace of god that means prayer is this really powerful gift from god isn't it now paul talks here about two aspects of prayer he talks about thanksgiving which again we'll we'll touch on that tonight uh, at five o'clock but then he also uses this word that we focus on today he talks about prayer as petition what is 
a petition. Well, here's kind of the generic definition of petition today. It's a, a formal written request. It's typically one signed by many, many people, and it's a, an appeal to an authority with respect to a particular cause. So that's how we use the word petition today. It's pretty common in our vernacular. If you go to whitehouse.gov right now, you'll find a petition that was filed this month. Uh, that petition is, is basically an appeal to the White House for lawmakers to create a federal bus stop safety law. Because unfortunately, around the country here recently, there have been several children over the last few months who have died in crashes at bus stops. And so if 100,000 people sign their name to that petition by the end of the month, they can expect a response from the White House. So that's, how, that's one of the ways we use the word petition in a culture like ours today. Biblical petition is similar in some respects, but it's, it's also a little different. Biblical petition is not a, a formal request or even a, a written request necessarily, although that I'm going to ask you today to write out a, a petition, okay? But you can make a petition without doing that, just so we're all clear. So it's not a, it's not a formal request, it's not a written request, and, and it doesn't have to be signed by a particular number of people. Biblical petition is an appeal to not just any old authority, but the highest authority, the creator of the universe. And, and you don't have to have a certain number of signatures, or you don't have to even represent a certain number of people in order to make a biblical petition. A biblical petition is just your opportunity to share with the creator of all things what is on your heart and what requests you would make before God. Much of our, our prayer life consists of, of either petition or intercession. Next week, we'll talk about intercession, but real quickly, intercession is just basically you making a request, you making an appeal to God on behalf of someone else. You can picture, you know, God kind of over here and, and someone else here, and you're kind of coming alongside this person and appealing to God, or you're yeah, coming between that person and God and interceding for them. But petition, we talk about petition first because petition has been called the very heart of prayer because really, I think before you can start appealing to God on behalf of someone else, you need to make your requests known. So petition is you taking your concerns and your burdens and whatever it is that is on your heart and lifting that up to God in prayer. The word means, literally, it means to beg. It means to implore. So the question would be, what are you begging for in prayer right now? Back to our passage here in Philippians 4. So, so petitionary prayer, again, is this building of this bridge between our anxiety and this peace of God. He says it's transcendent, but the peace of God that guards our hearts and minds, he says, in Jesus Christ. You can think of it this way. Petitionary prayer is kind of like that that ladder in Jacob's dream. Remember that? There's this ladder that kind of bridges heaven and earth and connects the two. So you can think of petitionary prayer as, as, as that bridge or as that ladder, as your opportunity to take your anxiety to the Lord. Last Sunday night, we had a group of, of teen students at our house for huddles. And, and as we were sitting around in our, our living room, uh, these students started talking and they were talking about the things that are on their hearts. And 
And so they talked about school, and they, they talked about homework, and just the, the load that they have. They, they talked about, you know, sports, and, and the pressure that they feel to, to perform there. They talked about managing friendships, and just the stresses that come with that, and, and being at church activities, and, you know, obeying mom and dad, and all this sort of stuff. And the more we talked, the more I just, I, I heard their hearts. And so I asked this really simple question. I said, guys, is anxiety, would you say anxiety is, is a major part of your life? These are 14 and 15-year-olds. And every young lady, every young man sitting around my living room started shaking their head. Absolutely. They said, we are so stressed out. <laughs> we are so exhausted. And they said, even, even whenever, even when we have like a break, when we have downtime, you know, we, we try to unwind, but, but the anxiety is, is ever-present. These are 14-year-olds. And unfortunately, anxiety and stress tends to hang over all of us, no matter how old we might be. According to the American Association of Anxiety and Depression, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting over 40 million American adults every year certainly don't intend to, to belittle that at all, but I just say all that to say, what if it didn't have to be that way? What if our students didn't have to be so stressed and so anxious that they can't even rest? <laughs> and what if the same was true for mom and dad, for grandma and grandpa, for the, the young professional, for the retiree? Stress and anxiety and this picture kind of describes who we are as a culture. So the question isn't, are you anxious? Are you stressed? The question is, what is making you anxious? And in light of Philippians 4, wouldn't it feel great to just let that go? Wouldn't it feel good to just release that? Wouldn't you like to be free of those, those worries? And, and what if it's really as simple as it sounds? Is it really possible in light of what we just hear from Philippians 4? You need to answer for yourself. Do I believe it is possible to live a life that is free from anxiety in the way that the scriptures describe? Do not be anxious about anything. For some of you, you're thinking, is that even possible to not be anxious about my work situation, my career goals, my grades, uh, athletics, uh, my relationship problems, my family stresses. You know, some of you are thinking like, hey, yeah, that, that sounds great. You don't know my family, right? No, I, I don't know your family. I don't know who you have to sit with on Thursday, okay? But God does. And his word says there is a life available where we don't have to be anxious about anything, but by everything he says, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. It's as if God wants us to know that no request is off the table. You can challenge me on that if you want, but I've been wrestling with it all week. I, it sounds as if God wants us to know that there's no request that is too trite or too small or too insignificant. The implication here with Philippians 4 is that God hears every request, not just the big ones, not just the foxhole prayers, but that he hears them all. So back to our question, what is making you anxious? 
anxiety clamors for a place of ultimacy in our lives. And it will elbow, and it will claw, and it will, it will punch in the throat to get to sit at the head of your table. Anxiety will do that. One of the ways that we keep anxiety at bay is be faithful to this by taking these things to God in prayer. This idea of petitionary prayer is found throughout the Bible. Just a couple of examples, two from the Old Testament, two from the New Testament. One's in Daniel 9. There in Daniel 9, Daniel is praying to God. He's asking God to bring his people back to the land of promise. And so he says there in Daniel 9, I turned to the Lord God. I pleaded with him. Okay, again, our word means beg. So I'm begging, I'm pleading with God, with, with him in prayer and petition. Well, God answers that prayer. And so then later, Ezra, Ezra is, is a part of this movement back to the promised land. And so whenever they finally have the chance to go back home, Ezra has been bragging on God the whole time, saying, you know, God's going to deliver us. He's going to see us there. So now whenever they have the opportunity to leave and to head back home, they have this problem. Okay, this, this massive group of people is, is moving. What about the bad guys? You know, like what if somebody comes along and tries to mess with us? And Ezra says, look, we've been putting all this on God. We've said that the Lord will protect us. So it's time to put our money where our mouth is. So he says we fasted and we petitioned God about this, this being safe passage back to the promised land, and he answered our prayer. Those are just two Old Testament examples, two from the New Testament. Paul writing to the younger Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, he says this, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, particularly those who are in power, those who rule. Paul, writing to the younger disciple, says, this is what the people of God ought to be about. We ought to be a people who are petitioning God. Whatever your political leanings might be, right? I dare say we have it a lot better than these Christians did in the first century, right? And yet the call is still, be people of petition. Pray for the leaders. And then this one I love, Hebrews 5, the Hebrew writer says, in the days of Jesus, when he was here on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions. And hear this, again, the word means beg, okay, so now it, it takes on a different meaning. With fervent cries and tears. Today I want to ask you to take a few moments and, and kind of engage in this, this biblical practice, okay? So we've been asking the question, what is it that is on your, your heart? What is bringing you anxiety? At any point from here to the end of the hour, if you want to start writing one of those things down, your petition to God, go ahead. Tune me out and start writing, okay? Uh, we've been managing a little bit of anxiety around our house this week. Um, we, we got uh, a call a few days ago, I don't know, 10 days ago, from, um, from Huntsville Utilities, and they noticed that our, our water bill was really, really high, and they said, it looks like you might have a leak because you've gone through like tens of thousands of gallons of water, and so... So I made a few calls to some of my friends here, called uh, Rick Norton, Sammy Benson, they came out, we looked, and it, we were afraid after a couple of days kind of looking at it that, that the leak might be inside the house, meaning that it, it would be like in my concrete slab, <laughs> meaning that in one scenario we're talking jackhammers and we're like blasting through the concrete on my front porch, or uh, to take things to another level, we're talking about ripping up the floor in our dining room or our kitchen and then getting in there and trying to fix the leak. Right. 
So, so we've been managing a little bit of anxiety <laughs> around our house. Um, we host Thanksgiving at our place. So the question, what are we going to do? We're going to be eating in a big crater in our dining room or get the TV trays out or whatever. But I, I, so I can tell you, like, as, 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 as all that is happening, and, and then over here we're kind of preparing for this moment of petition and talking about anxiety. I was thinking, Lord, I don't need another sermon illustration on this if this is the point, you know? But as real as that anxiety was, there's also this very real peace of God that comes from knowing that, that God's got it. And so... That was my petition all week long. My prayer was very, very specific. God, I pray that this leak is not in my house, that it is outside somewhere. And I wore God out on that. Okay? I did. And there were times where I'm, you know, I, I would say to myself, like, God's got other things to do, right? You, you, you feel that before. You're, you're praying about something, and then you have this moment of self-awareness where you're like, God, I'm really going to pray to God about my plumbing. You know, he has so much else to deal with in the world. But he says, don't be anxious about anything. So wherever that anxious place in your, is in your heart, pray about it. The end of the story, the good news is, is that God came through. The leak was outside. Okay? Um, and so it's great. There's a peace that comes when we get what we want in prayer. But I think that misses the point. Because the greater point is there's peace that comes from the simple act of being heard. And that's what God promised promises that we will be heard so again what is it that gives you anxiety what is your petition what are you begging God for today in prayer that's what I want you to write down and if you're having trouble this is the last thing we'll do okay if you're having trouble kind of wording that or, or finding the words to write down your petition I want us to, I want us to go back to where we were last week to the Sermon on the Mount and the, the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray, because it is a paradigm for petitionary prayer, because Jesus gives us these three verbs, these three phrases that help us frame our petition. When he says, give us our daily bread, forgive us our debts, and deliver us from the evil one. Real quickly, let's talk about those three, and let's substitute the word me for the word us, okay? So in your petition, maybe your petition today is, it begins with these words, give me. Jesus teaches us to pray for daily bread. He teaches us, as we said last week, to ask for what we need to make it through the day. And it is not materialistic to pray for that. It is not materialistic to pray for God to put food on your table, to provide the resources that you need to get through the day. Now, I would say that can't be the sum total of our prayer you know, he teaches us to pray about so much more, but Jesus here teaches us to ask for these things. So if we're going to be faithful in walking with Jesus in the way of prayer, we won't be shy in asking for the things that we need to make it through the day. So we're back to that whole idea of praying for the little things. Aren't you grateful that Jesus teaches us that it's okay to pray for the little things, that he doesn't, he doesn't wall that off and say, no, no, don't, don't be praying about daily bread. Aren't you glad Jesus doesn't come along and say, don't be bothering my father with your request for daily bread? No, just the opposite. Jesus says, you all need to pray for daily bread. So sometimes we've all been there. We hold back in prayer and we say, you know, God's got more important things to do. I hope my kids never say that about me. That I have more important things to do than to listen to what is on their heart. 
uh, young children like the ones we saw in the video. They're not bashful, are they? They don't hold back when it comes to telling their parents, their, you know, the adults in their lives about uh, what they need. And maybe they're leading the way for us here today. So maybe that's your petition today. Maybe, maybe you're begging God to give you something. Maybe you need to beg God about the resources in your life. Maybe you're wondering where the money is going to come from to take care of this particular concern. Maybe it's been a rough quarter for you. Maybe it's been a rough year for you. For all I know, it could have been a rough decade for you. I, I, don't, I don't know. You don't know how you're going to make it through. Maybe that is your petition to God. So as you write out your petition, let me just encourage you not to be shy, not to be afraid of using the word give. Father, give me strength. Father, give me a job. Father, give me peace. Give us a child. Give us the money we need to make it to the end of the month. Whatever anxiety is in your heart, turn it into a petition. And don't be afraid to ask God to give you something. That's the way Jesus teaches us to pray. Maybe that's where your petition needs to go. Maybe it's not give. Maybe your petition needs to start with the word forgive. So forgive me, God. Maybe that's what we need to ask. As you fill out your card today, maybe there's something you need to ask for God's forgiveness of. Maybe there's a sin in your life. Maybe you've been walking in darkness for, for far too long. Or some sort of outstanding debt stands between you and God today. I know this. I know Satan is going to do his best to get you to think, this is silly. Some of you are already thinking it, you know. He's going to say, this is juvenile. Satan's going to do that. He's going to say, yeah, really? You think there's power in like writing something down and having it fixed to some wall? Get out of here. You know, I'm 50 years old. It's not youth group anymore. Like, he, Satan's going to do that. He's already, he's already doing it to you, for some of you at least. And, you know, I can't control that. All I can say is, like, here's what the Word of God says. We're fools for Christ. So sure, it might be a little silly, it might be a little juvenile, but I personally can testify to the power of writing my sin on a card just like this and staring at it in black and white and asking God to forgive me of it. So yeah, it might be a little silly, <laughs> it might be juvenile. It might just save your soul if you're willing to do something foolish for the sake of Christ. Real quickly on this topic of forgiveness, um, you have to point out the conditional nature of what Jesus says here. He says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Um, maybe today you need to ask God to forgive you for not forgiving someone else. Maybe you need to write, forgive me, Lord, for not forgiving blank, for not forgiving my ex-husband, for not forgiving my father, my mother, my kids. I, mean, I don't know who it might be. Maybe, maybe that's where, where you need to go. Maybe you need to ask God's help and helping you forgive. I know this because so many of you commented to me last week about how convicted you were at the word of Jesus when he says in the Sermon on the Mount that we are to pray for our enemies and forgive those who wrong us and persecute us. I tell you, there's no one better suited to help you with that than the Lord, one who's forgiven so much over the years. Um, forgive and forget is one of those things that sounds biblical, but it's not. Some of you aren't going to like this because you think that's, that's, that's what the Bible says, to forgive and forget. But it, it sounds like biblical, but it's not. Right? It's kind of like that, 
the Lord helps those who help themselves, or the Lord works in mysterious ways. None of those are in the Bible. You can say them, I guess, just don't pass it off like it's biblical. And forgive and forget is another one of those, one of those places. Um, I agree with Helmut Tielicke, who's a German pastor who lived through the worst of German Nazi, you know, Third Reich stuff. And uh, he says one should never mention the words forgive and forget in the same breath. Here's where I'm going with that. Some of you have been through some things. Some of you have been hurt so deeply by someone that, that you can't forget it. No matter how hard you try. And if you've never been told this by someone, I hope you'll hear me today. When I say it doesn't make you a terrible person if you can't forget. I don't care what they told you before. It doesn't make you a terrible person if you can't forget. Because some of you, you've been carrying this around for so long, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but some of you, I'm speaking to you, okay? And you've been carrying this thing around for so long, and you feel like, because all you've ever heard is forgive and forget, forgive and forget, and you feel like, well, I haven't forgotten about it, so I, man, I guess that means I haven't forgiven. No. Some things simply cannot be forgotten. But here it is. In forgiving, we refuse to use the memory against the person who wronged us. That's forgiveness. It's not about forgetting. It's about forgiving even when you can't forget. I would go, you want, it's about forgiving especially when you can't forget. So don't let anybody tell you that forgive and forget nonsense. But you hear Jesus when he says it is possible to forgive even when you can't forget. That's what forgiveness is. Maybe that's what needs to go on your card today. The last thing Jesus says is this, deliver me. This teaches us to ask God for deliverance from the evil one. We said last week, a lot of people view the world as a playground it's not a playground it's a battleground and we need to pray that god would deliver us from the clutches of the evil one so maybe today you need to pray that god would deliver you from an attack from the evil one maybe you're struggling with some sort of ongoing addiction maybe that's the circumstance from which you need to be delivered you need to be snatched from that maybe um you're you're dealing with grief or depression or anger or doubt maybe it's loneliness but what is it that makes you anxious? What do you need to be delivered from? Whatever it is, make that your petition today. So again, what is it you are begging God for today? I want to give you just a couple of minutes now. Some of you have been writing already, but I want to give you a couple of minutes uh, without me talking to, uh, to write out a petition on your card. Uh, some of the elders are going to join me on the stage, those of you who are doing that, if you'll make your way on up here. Uh, over these next few minutes, what I want to ask you to do, after, as, as you write out your petition to God, if you're comfortable and if you want to, I want to invite you to walk forward as soon as you're done, uh, and I want you to, to come and, and bring one of those cards to, to your shepherd. And they're going to fix those to this prayer wall behind me, 
Uh, maybe you want to walk up and hang your card yourself. If so, you, you can do that. But I, I just really want to invite you to take this moment to live out what we read in Philippians 4. And we'll take a few minutes, and it may, we may have some, you know, some motion you know, here in the aisle. There'll be people coming from the balcony. Maybe you have a child. If you're in the balcony, you have a little kid near you, and you want to let him or her run down here and bring the card, that's fine. Maybe, maybe you need to take that thing yourself. I don't know. But, but this is our response time. Uh, if your petition today is, I need to be baptized, you come see me. I'll be right here. <laughs> we just won't be standing, we won't be singing like normal, but you come and you, we'll, we'll make that happen, okay? But maybe your petition today is, is one of these things, and there's something that's on your heart. I want to just take a few moments for us to be faithful to what we read here in this passage. Once again, it tells us be anxious about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, to make a request known to God. When you're done writing on your card, bring it forward. This will be our time of response.
I'd like to take just a minute and, uh, and just, just freeze. I know many of you have already made your way up. If you haven't, you can come on and do that. Um, we may be in this room, some of us, for the next, uh, for the next little bit doing this, and that's okay too. Uh, but I just want you to, to look at this wall that's already being filled with our petitions, the things that are on our hearts, and there are others who are still making their way down to do that. And, and I know our elders here have a stack of those that they just haven't been able to hang yet. Thank you for responding, but what I would say is thank you for believing in the power of prayer. What we're going to do here is, as we close, we'll try and leave this room as, as quietly as we can. If you're still writing, if you haven't been able to come down here yet, take as much time as you need. We'll be in here for a while. If you are in a place where it's just, I know from the balcony, I counted it once, it's like 150 steps from up there to here. <laughs> so you may be thinking like, this is a great idea, but I'm up here. That's okay too. You'll see uh, some boxes at each door on your way out. And as you, as you leave today, if you don't feel comfortable walking all the way down here, don't let that hold you back. You go and you drop that card in those boxes that are mounted at each door, and we'll make sure that it's put up here. And those boxes are gonna be there for a while, so this is, you know, this is just kind of the start of what we hope is, is a culture of us being able to take our petitions and our requests and talk and pray for one another about that. But it just seems appropriate right now for us to pause and for us just to, to pray. And I've asked Denton Kimbrough, one of our shepherds, to just pray over these cards, the ones that are still yet to come. And I'd like to ask you to stand as Denton words this prayer for us as we close. Let's stand together.